Hello and welcome to Rocket. What were you going to say? <laughs> I was just like, could you imagine how bad the show would be that we don't release? Can I you know. even imagine what that would be like? Considering what we've had to release in the past. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then on the other hand, if we did a show every day, we'd probably be more prepared for the news that comes up. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Fracture and Casper. Two Woo. things that almost rhyme, but don't. I'm true Simone de Rochefort, video producer at Polygon.com, and I'm joined today by Brianna Wu, Democratic candidate for Congress. And it's just you and me <laughs> tonight. Yes. I made up that Chris- song. Christina was brought up on uh, several charges, I believe, today. Movie <laughs> so pass fraud, yes. It, it's why, unfortunate. Why is she missing? I forget what the reason was. I honestly about. don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Christina is a vigilante, and she is out saving the streets of Gotham City right now. That's why she cannot be here today. A wink. Yeah, she's definitely not fighting crime under uh, an alter ego in a yeah. cool outfit that's probably hot pink. Weirdly enough, does still have the Movie Pass logo across her chest. <laughs> um, but if, if if she were in fact a crime fighting vigilante in Seattle, which she is definitely not, um, we'll find out what she's doing. Well, we'll she, she her name should be Movie Pass. Like she should just throw cheap merchandise from her like uh, tenure at Mashable. Like all the free merch she got, she should just <gasps> throw that at people. That yes. would be her superpower. Yes, and somehow that that will all make sense. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a perfectly non-scary week in the news, as I understand it. Yeah, Simone. absolutely. So, I mean, among the other things that happened are that several states, including Washington and Massachusetts, Ooh. are suing to uh, make sure that websites can't offer uh, models for printing three 3D printing guns. So that's that's cool. Okay, big update in the 3D printed guns, 3D printing gun story. Basically, uh, eight states, including Washington, did succeed in getting a website called DefCAD uh, to take down some of its blueprints, basically, which people can download, which will allow them to 3D print guns. Uh, the the website previously had actually won a a suit with the department of the state department, I believe actually, sorry. Yeah. The state, I was about to say department of defense, but that's wrong. The state department. um, And there was a law that 3d printed guns have to have a metal component or else they are illegal. Uh, But several, several uh, state government officials are saying, actually we hate this. uh, And, there are several measures being discussed, including in Pennsylvania, for example, or Pennsylvania and New Jersey blocking the IP addresses of people who live in those states to prevent them from accessing the blueprints for 3D printed guns. Uh, and I believe Washington, Massachusetts, and six others are trying to make that information completely inaccessible. Meanwhile, the information was accessible for 90 hours on the DefCAD website and, of course, has been available for a long time on places like the Pirate Bay and through your 
friend Steve who downloaded it <laughs> years ago and Steve has Lubitz? it sitting on his hard drive. He, he makes 3D weapons. I did not know that. Of oh my goodness! I'm yeah. sorry. I, oh my god! I forgot that you are. We actually have a friend. Right. We Steve. have a mutual friend, Steve. So it's just, just to give people to. a little yes. bit more background on Please this, um, I just want to say, starting off with this. I'm not saying any of the following is a dig against libertarians. I am not a libertarian, but the following I'm saying is not meant as any kind of political statement at all. So Defense Distributed was started by a group of kind of hardcore libertarians and their entire philosophy with that is they want no regulation over guns. And the best way to get there they could think about was to basically develop a 3D printable guns, um, like 3D blueprints, offer them for sale and put the plans out there for literally anyone to uh, use. So you had talked about how 3D printed weapons had to have a metal component within them so uh, they can be detected by airport scanners. Well, Defense Distributed, they have like a technical like slot in their their blueprints where you slide in a metal part so it is detectable, but you could take it out or just choose to not put it there in the first place. They are doing this with a political goal to basically push back against government regulation of weapons. Now, that's not a, a viewpoint I have, but it's a... It's a conversation reasonable adults can have, like what our degree of regulation needs to be over firearms. That said, um, you know, I I think, and I'd love to know your opinion on this, Simone, but when we're talking about this, I think it's really clear, I, I think it's really important to say our our greatest danger at the moment is from guns manufactured by professional weapons makers. Like this Mm -hmm. is not even a drop in the bucket. And I do think like some of the coverage I've seen on CNN, I would characterize it as a little sensationalistic. I mean, how do you feel about it? Yeah, this, this is in particular is kind of testing my brain because If it were any other kind of information, a state blocking its citizens' IP addresses from accessing that information is not not something I'm a fan of. Like, imagine if it were a conservative state that was blocking a sex education website or something like that. That being said, I, I, the very existence of these uh, of 3d printed guns feels like such an immature middle finger to something that I think is very serious, which is how, how do our, our, our gun laws and how many, how porous they are and how ineffective they are at stopping people who shouldn't have guns from accessing guns. Um, one of the, the things that was mentioned in Ars Technica's coverage of this, which I think has been good um, was that, laws exist that will prevent people who have domestic assault charges against them from purchasing a weapon legally. Obviously, being able to download and 3D print your own gun is a way around that. I think 
<laughs> it's such a, an exhausting discussion to be having in 2018. Right. It's how it's, I feel we about have many it. Other, we have many other problems. But I, I think it's really important to know. Like one of the, the key bills for you and I having privacy rights online and kind of criminalizing hacking, it was the Electronic Communications Privacy Act from back in 1986, if I remember correctly. There was another key uh, electronic communications bill that came out in 1992, if I'm remembering correctly, Mm. that formed most of the legal basis for prosecuting uh, people that stalk and serially harass people online. Uh, So I want to say those years again, 86 and 92. This is before the internet was really in fruition the way we see it today. And the legal framework already being in place really helped the internet kind of grow and become a mainstream technology. So uh, Maura Healy here in Massachusetts, she's our attorney general. She's one of the people um, introducing these laws. And I think it makes a lot of sense for us to be very proactive in how we are approaching this. Because I think once we have a legal framework in place, I think it makes it easier for people to bring 3D printers to market and not worry about, you know, lawsuits from 3D printed weapons or things like that. So that's one hand. The other hand of it that I think is so freaking important is I am 100% against, like, you having to report everything you print to some federal, you know, server. Yeah, I'm 100% against any kind of DRM controlling the kind of things you can do on your 3D printer. A lot of this is because I'm a 3D expert and I know how quirky and difficult 3D formats already <laughs> are to work with. Like I could sit here and talk for an hour about NURBS versus polygonal geometry. Um, it's, it's not something we want to laden with DRM because I think it would create a world where someone rush for you want to print out a nail at home while you're buying, you know, Lowe's, product nail and mm-hmm. paying them a fee, it kind of introduces this uh, rights management in yeah. what you print. And I just don't think that's a healthy thing to do. So I like what they're doing here. They're banning the sale of these kinds of uh, weapons and plans online. And mm-hmm. to me, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but I mean, how do you feel about all of that? The way that you're saying it now does does make a lot of sense. And I, I do think that, yes, if you are selling someone the plans to make their own gun, you are essentially selling them a gun and that, that there should be an infrastructure in place to handle that, not just grab it off the internet and download right. it. Who knows what you do with it? Um, but yeah, I, I do agree. It, it complicates the 3D printing space, which should ideally be kept uh, open and and free for anyone to use because it is such an interesting prospect that I think is is still obviously in a very finicky weird state as, as the technology improves but it has so much potential to be very 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 cool and and life-changing yeah. I mean, I think in 10 years, we're all going to have 3D printed uh, things that are home to print out cups and mm-hmm. bowls and, you know, hopefully video game yeah. <laughs> like paraphernalia. <laughs> but, you know, in the meantime, I think it's worth saying the guns that Defense Distributed printed and tested themselves, 
this uses very, this isn't the $500 maker bot that you buy. Like it uses very, uh, high end 3d printers that print much thicker and durable, durable polymers. Mm -hmm. If you've ever experimented with the 3d printer, it's cheap, flimsy plastic. Uh, I mean, you can make it thicker, so it's structurally stable, but it's not great. Um, so I, I think it's really worth saying, this is so weird for me to say on this show, Simone, but I would encourage anyone out there thinking about firearms to buy one from a manufacturer that does engineering testing and stress testing and uses materials that are, you know, resilient to heat and, you know, uh, high tensile Purchase forces. Purchase guns yeah. legally. Right. They're safe I, rather I do. than this. Yeah. How do you feel about the, uh, what they're discussing which is making uh one of the integral components of the gun um required to be metal such as like the body of the gun rather than just a removable component i mean you know they can say that and uh, it's one of those things that are going to get around it uh in 80 different ways right yeah. so you can make that law you can criminalize it um ultimately this is a genie that is going to get out of the bottle yeah. eventually right so what I think is more important is to have a um, basically a legal framework in place to prosecute people that are doing this uh, wrongly. I mm -hmm. mean, ideally, I would like to see people like, you know, if someone's using one of these guns and they end up injured from it, uh, I would like to see a state where you know, no one is indemnified against that. Mm -hmm. Like right now, uh, gun makers are indemnified against uh, civil suits if something like that were to happen. I would, they shouldn't have that to begin with. But yeah. I would certainly not like to see the indemnification <laughs> expanded to 3D uh, printers. So, you know, I think it's not a sexy answer here, but no. I think we just, it, we're, we're searching this. I don't want to see DRM. I don't want to see us having to report what we print to the government, but I fully support Mara Healy uh, looking at ways to kind of, you know, build a legal framework here. Mm -hmm. I, I absolutely agree with you. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Fracture. Oh. Our friends at Fracture. Fracture is the company that can take your favorite images and print them directly onto glass for you to display in your home and nobody gets hurt. They make the perfect, thoughtful gift. Fractures are actually handmade in Gainesville, Florida from U.S. source materials. Woo, heck yeah! And their sleek, frameless design goes with any decor. Oh my gosh, the rules for making gallery walls... Brie, have you ever tried to make a gallery wall? I don't know what a gallery wall is. It's where you have like a bunch of different um, photos on your, yeah. or like based pictures on your wall. And oh, they're yeah, all yeah. just, you know, okay. together yeah. next yeah. to each other. There's so many rules for how to make that look good. And guess one of them is uh, matching frames. So, you know what? Have frameless things. Go with anything. Don't worry. Don't think so much every time you go to buy frames. Don't buy frames anymore. Buy Fracture. That's what I'm saying to you. I don't stress out about gallery walls all the time. Ordering is super simple, and Fractures come ready to display straight out of the box. They even include the wall hanger. That's how fuss-free the Fracture experience is. And cool fact alert. 
Fracture is a green company operating a carbon-neutral factory, which they lovingly refer to as their fractory, no (laughs) relation to fracking, which is not a green practice. (laughs) But fractures are. So then you get to confuse people. And you can talk about how much you love fracking, which is searching for pictures to make fractures of online. But actually, and then people would be like, "Are you're, you do that? And you can be like, yes, and it's carbon neutral. And then people will be confused. But then you'll be revealed to have a cool wall full of photos that you've printed on glass. Thanks to FractureMe.com. And that's it. my story for you. No, if you think about it, frames are so it's like they're so you know expensive, Bree. They're they're expensive and they're ugly and they're cheap. It's like you know, just get rid of the frame. All you're interested in is the picture. I absolutely love that. And the fracture I have in my home is for my dog, which sadly passed away. Oh, and we call him Saint Cratch because Aww. in death his like all his sins have been like forgiven. Uh, so we've got that, but it's it's great. It's like a really solid thing. It looks really nice. Uh, it fits in my office with all my minimalistic Apple gear all around me, and it's it's just a fantastic product. I love that. And did we we got the fracture for Kevin? We did. We did. It's going to be on its way soon. Oh my god! Now that you finally signed that and gave it back to I'm me, I'm so sorry. Yes. It took me so long. <laughs> It took me days. That was a, a me issue. It, I, that was me using the preview function on my Mac uh, <laughs> and being lazy. Um, well, fracture prints are a great addition to any home, and they do make amazing gifts for family and friends. I know you've got photos hiding on your phone of your family and your friends. that You can, boom, surprise, print. This is actually, now that I'm saying it out loud, a really fantastic idea because my dad is always like, don't get me anything for Christmas. And I'm like, Dad, I feel child guilt if I don't get you things for Christmas. But this is a good idea because if I get him a photo, a beautiful fracture photo that's of us together, it'll be less like, you know, it'll be like a gift for him that he'll appreciate. So, hey. Right. It's the gift of Simone. The gift of me. And I keep on giving. And I'm going to give you a URL. It's (laughs) FractureMe.com slash Rocket to get started and see how sleek the fractures look. And you also get 15% off your first order. That is, again, FractureMe.com, F-R-A-C-T-U-R-E-M-E.com slash Rocket. Open it up right now and get 15% off your first order. Thank you so much, Fracture, for your support of Rocket and Really FM. All right. So I want to do a slight show change here. So I want to tell the listeners we have a secret segment coming up after this, but I want to do just a little bit more hard news first before okay. we get to the secret segment, which okay. is going to be an absolute blast. So, oh man, you keep you changing up the Simone? secret segment on me. I will it's tell you, it's me... going to be a game show. It's oh. a game show. We're oh, I love game today. shows. You're okay. going to do. I hope you'll do well at this game I show. I better do. I hope I don't embarrass myself. Okay. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about Facebook. All right. So Facebook revealed that they did detect a plan to affect the U.S. midterms election. Uh, and they ended up detecting and removing 32 pages and fake accounts that had basically been set up to discuss fraught, divisive, social issues 
on both sides of the political line. And they detected uh, these accounts not in the same way that they detected the ones uh, after the 2016 election where the accounts, like, had been set up sometimes with Russian IP addresses and paid for in rubles. Uh, These accounts, they have not yet found out who is behind them yet because there are more, there's more track covering happening where the ads purchased by these accounts have been purchased through third parties, for example, um, and the IP addresses check out. But they, they have come forward and said that they have found and deactivated attempts to meddle in American politics, which is something that, of course, is entirely expected in this world that we now live in. It is. How do you feel about that, Bria, as someone who's running for office in this year? Well, I, I, I just want to say I, I don't have evidence for this, but my, my feeling about this was when Facebook came out and announced this, like, was... Do you know how after they had to testify in front of Congress, they then uh, paid for a huge like ad campaign? It was made fun of on John Oliver this week of mm-hmm. like, hey, you came to Facebook for all the friends. Let's get back to what makes us feel good. This to me felt like something that if you look at the scope of what they found, it's such so obviously a lazy and incomplete investigation. Like one of the the accounts they were trumpeting out of 26 pages paid $11,000 to do some ads uh, to, for a group, which is a drop in the bucket. I mean, you know, it, it's just not statistically significant. So mm-hmm. I just want to say going into this, I have, I could not have a higher degree of cynicism about Facebook and the engineering resources that they're putting into this and how much they found. Yeah, there's a, a line in a, a Heinlein novel, I think it's Puppet Masters, where he talks about uh, how no country can really know how good their intelligence agencies are until it fails them. Hmm. And it's that same way with, uh, with Facebook trying to detect these accounts. Sure, they can find something with some algorithms, but I mean, how... Uh, you know, how much have they found here? Is this the extent of it? Uh, I just have absolutely zero faith here. That said, it is disturbing to me to hear about things like, um, you know, Russia allegedly, um, you know, putting together resistance groups and then literally holding rallies that people show up to in, you know, states and like organized rallies outside for people to go to uh, in the name of resisting Donald Trump and also pro Donald Trump. Like that is a, a very disturbing uh, thing to imagine Americans participating in. Mm-hmm. And it also, one of the details that stuck out to me in this, uh, in this New York times write up of this event was that Facebook has also been cracking down on meddling in or false news rather in Mexico's election and also dealing with similar problems uh, with Brazil's elections, which are coming up. So this is very much not a U.S. versus Russia, like America centric issue. This is something that I think every democracy, every government is going to have to deal with. Yeah. Moving forward, which is incredibly distressing, especially because I'm I'm sure that this is 
probably much like the Cold War, which I hate to evoke as a 28-year-old, I feel like these things are never just about, oh, one side has this technology and is using it for evil, and another side is going to do the right thing. I feel like the existence of this technology is not going to simply stay in, like, the domain of, oh, Russia's doing naughty things on the internet. Anyone can have, anyone can do this, given enough resources and given a desire to influence global politics. And that's something that everyone should be nervous about. We we should definitely be thinking about that. You know, Sima, I had a stunning moment this week. This This literally shocked me last night. I was catching up on the news after a hard day of campaigning. I'm out for a run at 11 o'clock at night. I'm listening to CNN to catch up. And I hear a speech by uh, the Homeland Security Secretary, uh, Ms. Nielsen. Uh, And she's talking and she's saying to me, the biggest uh, threat vector of attacks today, I don't worry about planes. I worry about cyber attacks. And I'm like, holy crap, I agree with her. Yeah. (laughs) Which is a, it's, so when you have the right and you have the left both agreeing that this is the, the fundamental, this is the most pressing danger, like this is a, just as equal a danger as it was as America considered, you know, like the, the planes during 9-11. Mm-hmm. This really gives us a lot to think about, Simone, um, because I, I'm going to be honest with you. For most of my career, throughout most of my adult life, I've always kind of had that attitude. Um, yeah, government just can't regulate technology. They don't know what's going on. They're not familiar enough with it. You know, just let technology take care of itself. That's definitely been my attitude. But like you said, this is a worldwide phenomenon at this point. So if every single nation in the world is struggling with this, with Facebook and with, you know, Twitter to a lesser extent and with Google, Mm -hmm. I think this is the point we have to say, okay, the way these products operate is a national security issue. Um, And that's not to say I want to get us heavily involved with regulating, but I do think it means choose to continue doing nothing is no longer an option. You know, Mm -hmm. we can't count on Facebook to keep America safe here. Yeah, returning to what you said about it being a drop in the bucket, eight pages... 17 profiles and seven Instagram accounts. That is nothing. Nothing. That's the stats of what they purged this week. Right. So that's what they found. It's, I mean, it's just not impressive to me. Yeah. I do. What was the phrase they use as suspiciously authentic activity or something like that? Yes. (laughs) I was like, that should be the democratic party slogan. Oh no. It's like suspiciously inauthentic is my indie indie band. That's it. That's it. Oh, it's just, you know, politics in general, but no, it's a, what I thought was really interesting was Senator Warner came forward in uh, a, a white paper he had been working on was leaked to Axios with a bunch of very concrete uh, policy solutions for this. Um, and some of them were more controversial than others. Uh, one of them was like make sites liable for some of the things they host, which would 
definitely not be something Facebook <laughs> would support. But some of them are more common sense, like introduce media literacy uh, programs to like have ad campaigns teaching mm. media literacy about believing things or not believing things online. That seems to be something we could all agree on. The thing I like there is someone is starting to think about policy and trying to figure out how to implement it. We, we've got to do something here. I mean, cyber threats are a huge vector through misinformation or targeting infrastructure. Like, we've got to take some action here. Yeah, I definitely agree. And um, I, I'll close with a Sheryl Sandberg quote. <laughs> Security is an arms race, and it's never done. Which is very true. Um, it's true. Security yeah. is a process, not a destination. Yep, yep, yep. Is it time for a secret segment? Or should I tell everyone that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Casper? <gasps> yes. Our friends at Casper, the company focused on sleep and dedicated to making you exceptionally comfortable one night at a time. You spend a third of your life sleeping unless you have a cat that wakes you up at four o'clock in the morning. But I will probably even out, I'll probably make up for that and continue to spend a third of my life sleeping after the cat. I'm done cat sitting the cat. You're a cat person? Oh, you're cat sitting. I'm cat sitting. Okay. Okay. It's a lot. If you spend a third of your life doing anything, you want to make sure that it's as great as it can possibly be. And that is why you need Casper. Casper mattresses are perfectly designed for humans, although the cat also enjoys it, with engineering to soothe and support your natural geometry. It's got all the right support in all the right places. And I can go for, like, I, I see that cat sleeping on hard floors, but I can't do that. I can only sleep <laughs> in my beautiful Casper bed. He sleeps curled up in a ball. In a chair. No, I can't do that. I want to sprawl out, spread eagled on my Casper mattress. And that is how I do. So what goes into making a Casper mattress so comfortable? They combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality mattress with just the right sink and bounce. Casper mattresses are designed and developed in the U.S. And their breathable design helps to regulate your body temperature throughout the night and throughout the horrendous New York summer weather. And with over 20,000 reviews and an average rating of 4.8 stars, Casper is very quickly becoming the internet's favorite mattress. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. That's where they bring you a mattress, they deliver it right to your door in a box, and you get to sleep on it. For 100 nights and if you don't love it casper has a hassle-free return policy i'm still loving my dang mattress brie i'm so jealous you got that smoke. i know that feels unfair to me really you yeah. want to fight me over it let's I have think, a pillow fight I, I think we should do that over the casper mattress you can you can experience the bounce for yourself <laughs> What, when I'm falling in defeat onto the mattress? Yeah, after I whack yeah. you with a Casper pillow. <laughs> <laughs> you can get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash rocket and using rocket at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. That is, again, casper.com slash rocket and the offer code rocket. 
Thank you so much, Casper, for your support of our show. All right. All right. All right. All right. Are you ready? Is your body ready, ready, Simone? I will never be ready, but I'm going to try. All right. All right. So Christina cannot be here this week to to bestow upon us her Christina-ness upon the show. So I thought we would do the next best thing. And I want to have a game show with you, Simone, (gasps) right now to see how well you know Christina Warren. Oh, I want to see how well you know Christina Warren. So I asked Christina Warren some very odd questions. Oh, and I have some multiple choice answers here, and we're going to ask these to you. If you can get if you can get three out of the five of these correct, I'm going to send you a fracture of the rocket <gasps> print to hang up in your your home. Signed by me. Signed by you. Yes. You could get it nowhere else. All right. <laughs> yes. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Okay. These are so the question here is how well do you know Christina Ward? Okay. Okay. If Christina could be any character on Breaking Bad, like if one character oh, on God. Breaking Bad embodies Christina, <sighs> who would it be? Would it be A, Skylar White? B, Jesse Pinkman, C, Walter White, D, Saul Goodman, or E, Gustavo Fring. Oh, God. Walk me through your thinking. Walk me through your thinking. The first thing that I want you to know is that I have not watched Breaking Bad. Oh, no. but (laughs) That's really going to hurt your odds here. Yes, it will. The things that I know about it. Okay, tell me. Are that yeah? Walter White is very horrible. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Skyler is hated by the internet for being yeah. a shrew in ways that are somewhat sexist because yeah. she cares about her family. Um, Jesse Pinkman is a character on the show. So Jesse, let me describe Jesse to you. Jesse is uh, the kid that kind of failed out of Walter White's uh, chemistry class when he was in high school. He didn't apply himself, and he grew up to be. That's uh, not Christina. Um, okay. <laughs> Christina applies okay. herself. Okay. Well, we could just move on. Uh, Saul Goodman. Do you know who? He is a lawyer, and you better lawyer. call him. So kind of. <laughs> Fast-talking lawyer type has a heart of gold. Occasionally takes some shortcuts. And is he kind um, of a loser though? No, he's oh. he's he's done very well for himself. He's a real See. go-getter, but he's willing to be ethically flexible to get there. Like the the line that explains uh, Saul is this: "You don't want a criminal lawyer. You want a criminal lawyer." <laughs> That's all good. <laughs> <laughs> He's a contender still. So who who is Gustavo? So Gustavo Fring is the man uh, that ran a a meth organization. He's like the distributor. He's the villain Classic on the show. Christina. He's he's really incredibly smart and very. He's so deadly effective. And he does it all with a smile, and he seems harmless, but he's a real shark. Okay. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. I think 
I don't know if you're trying to like mislead me here. I'm giving you the. I'm going to say it's either Gustavo or Saul, but I'm going to go with Gustavo. No, Saul. It's Walter White. It's Walter White. Come on, Christina. Walter White is not necessarily. He's evil. He's definitely evil, but he also. He's a very complex character. It's not fair to say he's just the bad guy. Like it's, it's a much like there are five seasons of the show because of that. So anyway, because okay, of his downfall, his moral downfall. Well, that's it. But he did it arguably for defendable reasons, right? Like he did it in the first place because our healthcare system is in this broken. country is bad and we don't pay teachers enough. So All right. there it is. Okay. That's true. I can't argue with that. Okay. So I'm about to name you four absolutely filthy, yeah. I mean, really filthy, unbelievably filthy uh, hip hop songs. Yeah. Now, I want you to tell me which of these is Christina's favorite? Yes, I'm I want to say I had to tell Christina I could not read some of these on the air. So, <laughs> uh, but we came up with some we can say on the air. So, okay. <laughs> Have you run a, them by your campaign? <laughs> <laughs> option A: Slob on my knob by Three Six Mafia. <laughs> oh, that's great. Option B: Me so horny by Two Life Crew. Hmm. Option C, My Neck, My Back by Kia. And option D, Low by Flo Rida. Oh, gosh. I'm going to go with My Neck, My Back. Okay, but why are you going? Give me your reasoning with that. Um, Because I can picture Christina, like, in a car. And this is on the radio, and she's kind of rocking out to it. I think low is that's a good song it's a, a, it's good, a song. good song but maybe it's a little i i'm gonna say it's a little bit basic but on the other hand christina is the ultimate basic b <laughs> so that will be my runner-up but okay. my my top choice is still my neck my back etc all right i will say you are correct yes <laughs> got it you got it. You figured out, Christina. All right. My mental image did not let me down. Okay. So for this next question, I want to tell you, Simone de Rushford, there's a real answer that she gave me, but there's also a secret answer <gasps> that she gave me. So I'm going to give you all these choices, but if you want to guess the secret answer, that oh. will also count. Okay. Or if after I ask this, if you want to ask if you want to guess Christina's secret answer, we can do that too. Okay. Okay. So out of all of the following products, which is the one that just needs to, the, out of all these Apple products, which is the one that most needs to die in a fire? Yes. <laughs> I have four choices for you. The first one is the Mac Mini. The second one is the iPod Nano. The third one is a MacBook Air. And the fourth one is the iPod Touch. So just to give you a little background on all of these, oh. Mac Mini has kind of been ignored for a long time. Uh, Apple still technically sells it. 
Uh, but it just, it's a pretty antiquated computer at this point, though there are people that use them uh, in server applications. Uh, the iPod Nano is actually really the same story. Uh, it came out just as uh, services like Spotify were really becoming mainstream. And it was the last really big Apple gadget uh, when you could be disconnected from the internet and still have a good music product. So it's essentially been like ignored for at least five or six years. Uh, you've got the MacBook Air, which is non-retina screen, uh, but it's got the Clambook uh, form factor people like and the keyboard people love. And then you have the iPod Touch, kind of the same story. It used to be that you could tell where the iPhone was going to be if you looked at the iPod Touch in terms of thickness. It's now a product line that's been more or less ignored by Apple. So out of those four, which do you think Christina most wants to die in a fire? This is so hard for me because yeah. I feel like Christina is – I'm, I'm ruling out the MacBook Air right off the bat because Why? Why? I think that she does like it. Okay. Even, I mean, despite the the technical limitations, but I, I do believe that she is fond of her MacBook Airs um, and likes the keyboard, doesn't mind, like, the form factor of them. So I'm, I'm just leaving that on the list. I feel like Christina is exactly the type of person who probably still has an iPod Touch and an iPod Nano and, like, holds them from time to time, may, keeps them in a drawer and takes them out and looks at them and will not throw them away. That is how I feel she is. I am going to say the Mac mini because I think that there is no reason for it to exist. <laughs> That's harsh. harsh. That's harsh. Could you say well, that to the fair. Mac mini's face? Um, yes. Yes, I could. <laughs> I, I challenge you to bring me one. Right, right now, and I'll, I'll it'll do be it. hard to find one because they don't sell very well. Hey. Uh, your answer is, in fact, correct. Yeah, two in a row. Oh, and I got to get one more at least. So you I, I kind of do want to guess the secret answer. Okay, so go for it. Go for it. Okay, so this is a product. It's not on this list. It's Christina's kind of mean answer. <laughs> so take it from there. What what product? would be mean for Christina to say it needs to die. And it's right? an Apple product? It's an Apple product. I think the MacBook. Uh, nope, that's not correct. She wants the HomePod to die. <laughs> oh, no, Christina, All aiming right. so okay. low. Yeah. A little mean. Okay, okay me so number if, three. You haven't seen, if you haven't seen the, the new Netflix series, uh, Dark Tourism, it's a show basically about someone that is going to – be a tourist, but be a tourist in war zones Ooh. all around the globe. So, uh, yeah, it's a pretty scary. It's like going to the worst places on Earth instead of the best. So which of these following countries would Christina most want to go to to be a dark tourist at? A, Guyana. B, Syria. This would see Afghanistan or D North Korea. Oh my gosh. This is testing me because I don't even know what's happening yeah. in Guyana. And I'm quickly Wikipediaing <laughs> to find out what's going on. Maybe there's nothing wrong there. Maybe it's a red herring. 
maybe it looks like they have a beautiful national bird and I feel uneducated. Um, I think that she would be, so, I don't think she's, say, yeah. Civil war in Syria, another civil war in Afghanistan, which does have the opium trade there. Um, North Korea is kind of a mess just all over. It's hard to even get there to be a tourist. You have to get all these special permissions, but you know, also they've got like women standing in the traffic square that will like usher traffic through. And it's kind of awesome to watch if you see videos of that on YouTube. So there it is. I think, uh, because I don't think Christina would enjoy being in a desert, (laughs) <laughs> I think that Christina would be fascinated by North Korea. That answer is wrong. No, is it Guyana? It is Guyana. God, Christina. what's happening? I know. I just Googled what's wrong with Guyana and nothing came up. <laughs> Maybe that's why she said it. Uh, let's see. What was her reasoning on that? For, it's not going to be a Jonestown, dark she says. Oh, I don't Jonestown. Understand. Oh, it's past wrong. Oh, I shouldn't. Oh, man. Okay, so Christina would go visit the site of Jonestown. That's amazing. That's very dark. All right. Good job, Christina. So, question, our next question. Uh, So, as far as the movie past Death Watch, (laughs) which we will be getting to very, very soon, what the Death Watch is on that how long does movie pass have to live? What day will they die on? Will it be September? Less than one month from now? Will it be December? Will it be January of next year? Or will it be July of next year? According to Christina, what is her Deadpool on, uh, on movie pass? I think I'm going to go bold Christina Warren Bold, which is sounds like a color of lipstick, and I will say September. That is correct. Yeah! Did it! All right, all right. Well, these next two are just for show. Just so for show, let's, just uh, for show. Let's see what happens. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> out of the following four celebrities, which one would Christina Warren most like to get into a Twitter argument with? Oh, God. <laughs> And she wanted me to tell you that before the very sad, honestly, no joke here, the sad news of last week, uh, Demi Lovato would have been on that list. But oh, no. Obviously, she's not now. Um, so, okay. Here are the celebrities. Uh, would it be A, Chris Brown? Would it be B, Spencer Pratt? Would it be C, Donald Trump Jr.? Or would it be D, Enemy of the show, Katy Perry. (laughs) (gasps) Oh, man. All right. Walk me through your reason. Okay. I'm ruling out Donald Trump Jr. Because I think, again, kind of a a boring answer. Why would you want to talk to him? Exactly. uh, uh, Exactly. Yeah. Chris Brown is a very good one because he did. He is a, a crap man who abused Rihanna. And I think arguing with him would be great in theory as long as you win but i feel like that lacks a sort of classlessness that christina is known for (laughs) (laughs) which leaves spencer pratt and katie perry 
I feel like she likes Spencer Pratt too much. She's a fan of Spencer Pratt. Which definitely does not rule out her wanting to argue with him. (sighs) Katy Perry's a really good one. I'm so torn between Spencer and Katie. But is she too obvious? Because she is an enemy of enemy uh, of the show. Taylor Swift, enemy of Taylor Swift, ergo enemy of the show. If she, if Christina argued with Katie, she might get attention from Taylor Swift. But I right. think I'm going to say Spencer Pratt. That answer is wrong. Is it Katie? No, it's not Katie. It's the one you ruled out at the beginning. It's no, Donald it's Trump Donald Trump Jr. Jr. No. She wants to get in a fight with him. I also want to say Chris Brown was a trick question because she already got into a huge fight no. with Chris Brown on Twitter, which was epic if you saw that. I should have known that she'd never want to fight with Spencer Pratt. I uh, guess she wants to just dunk on Donald Trump Jr., which I can respect. All right, give me my last uh, yeah. question. Okay, last question. Okay. Christina's made a lot of bad purchases yeah. over the history of the show. Like KFC, uh, what was the KFC thing she, she bought? She bought a Some, shirt, I think, a or shirt a pillow. For KFC. She bought TanaCon, like merchandise, a hoodie from TanaCon. Uh, so Christina's not someone known for her pride in purchasing decisions. But one of these purchases fills her with shame, these tech purchases. Which is it? Okay. Is it A, HomePod, B, Spectacles, C, Ouya, or D, the Rose Gold Solo B2 headphones when she already had a pair, just they were not Rose Gold? She loves those headphones. I'm ruling it out. I think the Ouya is interesting, uh, but perhaps as a tech hoarder, Christina is happy to have one of these. <laughs> Probably. Limited yeah. edition. I think she said that on the show, actually. Yeah. A nice, nice job, me. Um, HomePod, we know that she hates. Apparently. She wants. She to, said she hates it. She said she, she thinks wants it, it should to die. die. Okay, yeah. you're right. That That's right. a nuance. Let's but, be accurate. Yes. Right? journalist no fake news here and the last one was spectacles. spectacles if you remember that piece she wrote at mashable where she talked about the shame of standing in line to get spectacles i do but then think she raved about them so. true but i think she has come full circle back to shame and i think that the spectacles are what she is most ashamed about okay are you very sure i am very sure that answer is correct yes so, I have to tell you, four out of six is pretty, pretty darn good, Simone. I'm, I'm happy. very impressed. I hope yeah. Christina's proud. She she will listen to this one day, and she will be very proud. So, all right, wherever you she say, is, we get to some. Let's get to our final talk. I want to clarify for our listeners: we really did like plan. We knew Christina wasn't going to be on the show tonight. We planned to not have her on the show. She's doing something. We literally just forgot God. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Because we're bad friends. All yes. right, and now we're going to talk about her favorite topic without her. <laughs> and she's jealous about that. So. She's very jealous. Um, movie pass. Again. The rise, the fall. This has been a big week. Uh, movie pass, as you know, is the service where you pay a subscription fee and then you get to see as many movies as you want during the month for that flat fee, which was $10. And it was 
any movie that you wanted. Um, and then Money Pass, Movie Pass, Money Pass, ironic because they have none. Service <laughs> stopped recently for a brief, a brief little period of time because Movie Pass ran out of money and could no longer continue providing their service. The company, the the parent company, got a big old loan and service was resumed, but they are in the process of changing some things about how they operate around there. Prices have gone up and some rules have gone into place about whether or not you can, in fact, see the latest Mission Impossible film. Um, and the verdict is basically they're kind of they're putting some restrictions on <laughs> the films that people want to see. Uh, they're, they're like, I think it's a two week restriction when a big blockbuster film comes out. You can't use Movie Pass to go see that film. So they're making some changes. And I think that the uh, the writing on the wall is clear at this point. In the midst of all this, AMC, MoviePass's Mortal Enemy, has launched their own subscription service at a price tier which they think is sustainable. And I believe that's $20 for AMC's A-list. Um, so having having... Having watched MoviePass's struggles and critiqued them and tried their darndest to keep MoviePass out of AMC theaters, AMC is trying to now show them a better way to live. <laughs> but um, most importantly, Christina Warren has purchased a MoviePass t-shirt from the MoviePass merch store. She is not, has she? She has, Brie. Oh, she God. has. In the wow. in the. The land of purchases that Christina Warren has made. This is this is the latest bad purchase that she's made. She it. did not buy I a hoodie. It. She bought a t-shirt though. I'm very proud of her. Yep. So I mean, this is uh you know, my favorite thing to do this week has been to go look over at the movie pass Reddit and watch it melting down. No. <laughs> like it's just tears. I mean, A, who even knew there was a movie pass Reddit, but I mean, the long story short here is they are um, raising their price dramatically. Uh, they are locking you out for new release movies. And um, yeah, this is, it's basically, they are making the service better by making it drastically worse <laughs> and more expensive. So um, yeah, uh, I think like, Something that's been very interesting for me this week is seeing on Twitter, seeing how uh, you know even Ina Freed is you know kind of talking about how Movie Pass is doomed. So um, you know after they basically they they were unable to like let you buy movies, and then you know Mission Possible went so badly for them. Now they're raising price and limiting your access to new releases. Uh, this just really makes Movie Pass not seem like it has much time left. I mean, how do you feel about this? I mean, you know what I said. I said I agree with Christina. September, September death. Like at the at the rate that this has been melting down, uh, the New York Times put out a timeline of Movie Passes, sort of brief history, uh, the brief life and history of Movie Pass, and, and this is a company that started in 2011 and had a couple false starts. And then became was all over the news last year because we were they dropped their price to ten dollars and we were all like, eh? Eh? okay, and got a bunch of subscribers from that and saw that short term profit, but is now just kind of melting down 
so, so rapidly. And they're trying to do basically, like, saying you're the Netflix of blank is very tired and trite at this point. But they were trying to be the Netflix of theater, going to theaters. And like Netflix, they kind of accelerated into trying to fund movies as well and make their own content. Right. They made a John Travolta movie. Yes. I couldn't even believe that. That I'd never even heard of. And I so. read a review of it before I recorded this show. And it sounds so bad, Brie. And of course, <laughs> Netflix has made bad things. But Netflix is also a very established company that has kind of taken a ton of data about what people like to watch over years, years of getting our data and use that data to melt down like hard little diamonds of consumable films. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I just I feel like this from MoviePass, like funding this uh, gaudy movie, this John Gaudy movie, it it reeks of desperation. Yep. I think that they don't have they they had to take out a loan just to keep stay in service. How much? How many more people are going to provide them with money in the future? Uh, and who? Well, well, I I just want to say I do not share you and Christina's very pessimistic. Uh, appraisal. I think they will live through the end of the year. Yeah, I, I'm sure I'm not the only person that with all this drama is going. It's been like, oh, let me get in on that movie pass, like, you know, <laughs> exploitation too. I mean, I haven't actually followed through, but I've certainly thought about it. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, As far as the long-term viability of this company, I don't know. But I think saying it's going to be dead in, in a month is uh, is a little aggressive. It's that probably said, unrealistic. It, yeah. yeah. Given whatever the inner workings of boardrooms and investors are, probably a little unrealistic. But I do enjoy the speculation. I do too. Well, we will keep everyone posted on the continuing death of movie pass. So, and I'm going to link a, a wonderful tweet thread from Christina, our beloved Christina, in the comments, basically about Movie Pass and um, the the question of who has been raising the money for them and where that's coming from and just how much it sucks um, and how unrealistic the service has been from the beginning. Do you think it's do you think it is still worth it, Brianna, at this point to sign up, knowing that as a consumer? You can probably get a couple movies out of it and you're not going to be responsible for the financial downfall of this company. If you can't see movies in the first two weeks they're out, what's the freaking point? I mean, honestly, I can never do that. I mean, the time between a movie being in theaters to being on Apple TV is not that long already. Uh, it's, it's really just playing in this graveyard zone. Um, it just makes no sense to me whatsoever. Why well, did it? I went and saw like indie films I wouldn't have seen otherwise. Like I saw eye in the sky, uh, you know, which was this, it's basically, it's like a Netflix movie, right? Like mm-hmm. not low budget, not high budget, but about drone strikes. It was an okay thing. It's, but you know, like, the main reason you get that is to go see a mission impossible on opening weekend. And yeah. it just makes no sense. Yeah. I totally feel you. Yeah. I'm sure we'll hear more about it. Hopefully we'll have some new news on it so that Christina can talk about it next week because I know she's super excited about excited. She bought a shirt. Oh my God. 
She's wonderful. Brianna, what are you doing this week? This week, I am... uh, (laughs) We're shooting the most awesome commercial this week. Uh, We have an ad agency in New York that we're Mm -hmm. working with on this. I'm... I, I almost don't want to spoil it so I can just show it next week because it's such a creative and awesome ad campaign. But it does involve me on my motorcycle, which I'm very excited about. I'm um, ready for that. So that's what I'm up to. We're shooting some commercials uh, and continuing to campaign. And uh, as far as Project Danger One Boxster, I am waiting to get that back with all the parts installed. So very excited <gasps> yes, about yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! All right, I'm so excited to see your finished car. It's it's, it's going to be, be great. Ridiculous. My friend Natalie, who does movie props, she's going to do the center console with the nitrous button and the smoke button Stop. and the ejector seat buttons. It's going to be amazing. So then, when you're in my car, Simone, and you press the ejector seat button, it's going to go do do do, and then your seat is going to it's going to shake. Because we're, I'm going to install. Are you serious? I am serious. I'm going to install a butt kicker haptic feedback module within the seat cushion. The center of the of a boxster seat, you can pull out. And I'm going to cut away a bit of the foam. And I'm going to stick a butt kicker module in there, and I'm going to wire it up to a Raspberry Pi that I'm specially going to program. So when you you push the ejector seat button. You're going to hear this countdown and you're going to go, oh no, is it really going to eject me out of this car? And then the seat's going to shake and it's going to be awesome. And then, okay, so for the smoke screen button, I I was reading about this. So Hollywood, you can, uh, they actually have to have smoke come out of cars and movies all Mm -hmm. the time. So there are modules out there that you can buy. The hard thing is going to be wiring it into the car's electrical wiring so it will work. But then we're just going to do a little drill hole in the trunk. And then like red smoke is going to just pour out of my boxster when I push this one. Can you please uh, use this to take the children of your constituents for (laughs) joy rides? (laughs) Yes, we could do that. I can guarantee I will do that. Fantastic. Uh, what am I doing this week? Yeah, I know you're doing something that awesome. So, yeah, <laughs> the most exciting thing I'm going to do this week is like try to bleach and paint my curtains so that they look nice. <laughs> <laughs> now we're we're having we're in like a a lull or summer lull this week, um, but I will be able to say things about cool games <gasps> next week. What games are out right now? They're really nothing. Big. There's nothing, nothing coming no. out right now, but there will be games coming out next month. Did you see the Wall Street Journal piece that uh, my friend Sarah uh, did about <laughs> the parents are paying to tutor their children in oh, Fortnite? Yes, I think <laughs> Ben amazing. wrote an op-ed about that. Oh, it's amazing. Oh. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. I got back into playing Zelda. That's what I did this week, and I shouldn't have done oh, it. Oh, Breath of the it. Wild? Yeah. Still All right. playing it. All right. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, but yes. So, news next week. Other things this week. Uh, this has been an episode of Rockets. Minus Christina, who will return next week. Wonderful, wonderful Christina. We miss her. If you want to find Bree and I online, where can we do that, Bree? Uh, find me at SpaceCatGal on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar and at YouTube.com slash Polygon. 
Well, if you like the show, please give it a review on Apple Podcasts because we love that. And tell your friends about it because they love that. (laughs) Uh, And that's it. Yeah. This episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminate. Terminated. Terminated. Terminated.